0: B-grade punk rock street trash wastelands. Hello Brisbane, hello Melbourne, hello world, this is Wasteland, your B-grade punk rock street trash radio show and we are your cane punk prize, your caffeine to creeps, your B-grade ghouls. I'm Adam Obscene, with me tonight as always is my long-time partner in slime, the mighty
1: Marco Mark. Evening Adam Obscene, it's great to be with you and welcome, listeners, to another episode. We salute you.
0: And all that you do.
1: Marco, what do you feel like doing tonight?
0: Do you feel like some more oily walnuts? (laughs) I do feel like some oily
1: walnuts. Why not? Why?
0: Really? Why not? more? Why why would you not want some more bromance, some more brobarians? We're going to go headlong into another installment of our Poor Man's Conan series. And tonight is something that is have fondness of hearts, of childhood memories. Um, We'll play this little trailer and we'll come ripping back into it after this.
1: At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death. A battle that will take them across the heavens. Stop
0: him! A battle that
1: will finally be fought.
0: I want the budget that brought me!
1: Across the face. Police! Nobody move! Of Earth. I think I'm going to need some backup. Can you show us the way? Of course. No! Distant galaxy, they have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be masters of the universe. Live the adventure.
0: Well, wow, there's a lot of explosions in that, isn't there? Not like um, and screaming. Yeah, there's like. Aah! Uh, Lawson, as you wouldn't have uh, enjoyed the fact that I was playing with uh, Masters of the Universe action figures all the way through that and showing, Mark, my vintage 1980s He-Man and Skeletor. Uh, So we're going to talk about Masters of the Universe, the motion picture, 1987. Uh, I reckon my feeling with this is with this movie, Marco. is the thing Mm. that pops into my mind is I reckon Mattel, which made the toys in the animated series, went to Canon Films and mm-hmm. said, let's make us a Star War.
1: <laughs> because, yeah. Because yep. it really- Here's the budget.
0: It's budget and there's, I guess the losners you might be aware of this, but Mattel had this massive gripe with Star Wars mainly because they um, passed up on the, the, toy, the toy deal they thought that Star Wars was going to not be worth making the toys and they ended up losing billions. Um, and so they came up with uh, their own toy range, which was He-Man and Masters of Universe and they had an animated series. And there's a really great documentary on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us, all about it, if you want to catch up on that. But um, so this was Mattel's um, a chance to hit the film uh industry with their with their mighty he-man and so of course who did they get to play the mighty he-man which in my opinion someone no other human could actually have done this done this role it was the uh, mighty dolph lundgren dolph i love Beautiful. Dolph i i like i I there every time I think of Dolph Lundgren, it just like makes me smile. That dude is just so fucking cool, and um, <laughs> and he's done and he's done so much really great stuff. In like you know, he was in Punisher, which was probably like the first Marvel, um, sort of expanded universe film. He played, I mean, he played the Punisher. He's like, he, he was like, you know, Ivan Drongo and Rocky Four, and oh, uh, um, yeah, that was cool, and Showdown Little Tokyo with Brandon Lee. And um, mm. and he was in Red Scorpion and oh, the list goes on. And he sort of – but this film came just after his role in Rocky. And so he was yes. – so he played typecast, uh, a big blonde oily walnut of a barbarian. Um, and <laughs> the, this film – I saw this film when I was young at the cinema – And hated it, yeah, me too. And you know why I hated it? Why, because that looked nothing like the beloved animated series and all the Uh toys. And there was no orco, there was no orco. I know. Um, and I think that in hindsight, you know, when you're a a kid, you just go, you know, when you're an eight year old, nine, ten, ten year old kid, I don't know, um, you sort of look back, ah, they've just. They're ballsed up. But what it was is that they only had a budget of 22 million. And some of the stuff that they were able, they would have had to have done to make themselves a Star Wars, would have been spending a lot more money. And when you think about Orko being a floating in the air little wizardry dude, that -hmm. was just not going to be in Canon's um, budget to pull that off. So what we ended up with was Billy Barty's Guild War, which was some weird, like, leprechaun folky wizard dude which was just bizarre who you know was no orco but he did have his place so but yep. um yep look there's there's no point talking about the plot because the plot is just basically um what every animated episode was about with Skeletor trying to you know get the power of Greyskull for himself to become master of the universe and He-Man stopping him yep. the only thing was that this takes place by and large on Earth not Eternia Yeah. I think, I think, Marco, the reason why it wasn't on Eternia was probably bef- because of the before-mentioned budgetary constraints.
1: <laughs> how do you build, <laughs> yeah, so do you build so, a yeah. whole
0: new planet on $22 million? The answer <laughs> yeah. is you don't. <laughs> Not have. Uh, so we've got Courtney Cox in this in an early role pre-Friends and pre-Scream. John Cipher, who was Man at Arms, he was was in Spontaneous Combustion, Toby um, Hooper's film. And he was also in – he played General Omar in Robocop, the TV series. So there's another Robocop connection, which always seems to pop up in this show. Directed by Gary Goddard. And you know what? Gary didn't do anything after this. (laughs) <laughs> oh,
1: whoops! Um, he had
0: a he had a nightmare on this Marco. Apparently, like, um, Cannon pulled the film two weeks out before the finish, and Ooh. um, he used his own money and his own um it, and his own expense. It, basically to finish the film he got all the other actors back he actually finished because there was no final scene like it had finished at the scene where i think he-man hits Skeletor's staff and breaks it in half and then it stopped and he oh. and so it took another 2 months to, for him to try and get all the actors together to finalize it so that's why the the end battle sort of happens and then goes a bit funny It's because it's all disjointed, but hey, it's... I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a little early factoid for you. Um, So, yeah, mate, I guess... Yeah, what are your thoughts? You know, like, I know that, like, we've spoken a bit about (laughs) this in the past, and we both have a a very great fondness for He-Man in general and the kookiness that is the animated series, but... um,
1: Yeah. Well, you hit the nail on the head, mate. I was at that age when, um, of course, I loved Star Wars and I loved Masters of the Universe. I loved the cartoon series. I was just at at the right age when all of that just really appealed to me. I was just a little kid. And um, I had a few of the action figures. I didn't have a lot of them, but I did have them. And I... Just loved that. I loved that world. And, um, I think though, by the time 1987 had come around and this movie was released, I had kind of grown out of it by then. So, yeah, I was sort of, what would I have been? I would have been in my early teens by then. So, I outgrown it a little bit, you know, like almost kind of kid stuff. So, it wasn't on my radar at the time. But, um, when I did finally watch it, uh, I was pretty confused <laughs> by, Who, who are these people? It looks nothing like the, uh, the original cartoon series and nothing like the original sort of figures that I'd, you know, grown up with and and really, really loved and cherished. So the movie fell flat for me. Um, and, but I don't think it's bad because of that. I just think I, I just wasn't at, of the right age. I've watched it again uh twice in the last year once recently and once uh last year i think it was on viceland on it sbs on telly, yeah. it was on telly and i watched it and um re it and just a really weird kooky b-grade movie now i mean really well done but um but very kooky and very odd so now i just dis dis locate uh the film from any of its uh, origin story and it stands by itself as um a b-grade oddball for sure it
0: i reckon you hit the nail on the head if this wasn't called he-man and the masters of the universe and was called like you know like brawny brawn man fights clayface for the for the for the power of the galaxy it'd be fine <laughs> it's oily walnut versus bone guy. Bone guy, clay bone guy. Um <laughs> yeah, because I think what happens is is it's the weight of expectation is what this film had to had going against it. Sure. Um But you know, I enjoy it, but there's there's so much that for me it kind of feels like you know that Flash Gordon that had um Queen in the soundtrack?
1: Oh yeah, you're right. It kind of you reminds right. me of
0: that and mm-hmm. The black hole, which was Disney trying to do Star Wars, oh, I loved the black hole, and it's, but it ha- you know it has that feeling. So it's a little bit. Let's do a Star Wars. Let's have a little bit of Flash Gordon. Let's have yeah. a, like children friendly Conan, and then a little bit of the black hole, and we'll whack it all together, and yeah. um and we'll see what we can get, and maybe we can get a few more action figures out yeah. of it. Um, yeah,
1: absolutely, and it's sort of like um, bringing it to Earth. And putting sort of teenage characters into it, it, that to me kind of says two things, and I maybe took completely off. It kind of brings that almost, this is a long shot, but almost kind of like that uh, Back to the Future kind of feel to Mm -hmm. it where you've got, um, you know, in from one world to another and you've got humans dealing with, you know, people from another world and another dimension and, you know, bringing these really odd of space characters here to normality in 1987 and the other thing it says to me it's a bit of a clue is the um market and the audience they were trying to target which was kind of like teenagers young to middle teenagers you know by putting them as some of the the human stars in it
0: and I think you're right, I th- and I also think it was probably a last, the last gasp of Masters of the Universe trying to become relevant. It also simultaneously became the last gasp of Canon Films because not I think about three years after that they folded. Now I'm not going to say that Masters of the Universe folded Canon, no. but I reckon it might have been a pretty big part in the start of the downfall. <laughs> sure. Um, and so, but, like I think that some of the noticeable – um, issues with it was the lack of characters from the animated series in not in, like we mentioned orko but like there wasn't really many like besides evil Lin and beast man and skeletor and the the baddies and teela and um, man at arms and he-man for the goodies that was it, mm. and um, I read somewhere along the lines that one of the excuses were excuse, excuses reasons inverted commas was that um, Gary Goddard pitched it to Mattel that if they just brought in heaps of new other characters, they'd give Mattel a, a, an opportunity to develop more toys. Ah, um, uh, but you know the film the film fell flat. I think it made seventeen yeah. million all up worldwide. It just didn't. Ouch. It just didn't work. Um, Ouch. But the good things out of it is it launched our good man uh, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren into the stratosphere. Um, and, you know, like it's like I said, I, the, the thing – one thing I do love in it is like – and I keep on talking about the this Star Wars connection, but if you look at the robot stormtroopers in, um, in Masters of the Universe – do, do you reckon they kind of look like a cross between Darth Vader and a Death Star gunner? It's like they've yeah. taken those two characters, put them together, and says, you know, Darth Vader's
1: awesome. Imagine if we had a movie full of Darth Vaders. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, wow, that would be kind of cool. Um. Yeah. I guess. Absolutely. And and keep it familiar for audiences to um to attract audiences as well. Like keep familiar looking figures and stuff. Absolutely. They brought the the reasons. Um, factoid time is the reason they brought the
0: stormtroopers in um, to that movie was because because there's a lack of stormtroopers in the cartoon. Clearly, was that Mattel said that no one could get killed on screen. They wanted to keep that PG rating for you know for the younger, you know, teenage audience. So the director brought in the robots because you can kill a robot. Sure. Um, so why an oil? So that so that was um, the reason why they were in there, plus making that familiar connection to other franchises that they were trying to cash in on at the time. Um, sure. Some other things that I find really funny about this film is Mattel ran a competition for um, – you could clip out on the back of the toys. Um, if you caught so many proof of purchases, you could get a role in this movie. Um, <laughs> That's so, great. So this kid, Richard um, Sabonda, won, and um, and what happened is that like it was, it looked like it wasn't going to happen. He wasn't going to get in because the they were like speeding to get the actual film done, and all sure. the but what happened by the, the Mattel's lawyers got involved. and Apparently, they had to happen, but by the time it was all going to happen, all the Earth scenes had been shot. So they had, oh, had, to, no. had to get this like kid in this movie. So they came up with this idea that, um, and you'll see it when for the when you watch it again for the fifth time this year, Mark, when um, yes. you go back, there's this scene in um, towards the end where a pig boy hands um, Skeletor his staff. That's that kid. Oh no! And he even gets his name in the credits as Pig that- Boy. Um, that's, oh that's and awesome and I, and I guess the um and the thing is why I read about that and I but I remember Pig Boy in it and it and the main reason again Star Wars connection, he looks like an Argonaut on Bespin from Empire Strikes Back, which was the little pig creatures that were mining gas on oh. Landau
1: Kharician's um station. Oh nerd alert. How was that? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um I do you know what I would like to see, Adam, with with that boy. What's his name? Richard Sabonda? Yeah. I would like to see Kevin Smith add him. I know it's um, animated Kevin Smith's um, Masters of the Universe, but I would love to see Kevin Smith put him in the reboot somehow. I'd be great. It'd be a great to see Pig Boy's voicing backstory. Pig, Boy. pa- Pig Boy's backstory. <laughs> Pig Boy's backstory. I would love to see that. Come on, Kevin Smith. Make it happen. Get in touch with Rick- Richard Sabonda.
0: I'm sure he's available. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah. And the other thing, there's a couple of um, kooky bits in this is, you know, the school fire when all the henchmen are sort of in the school um, gym and the fire (laughs) is pretty big. That school, that fire actually got out of hand. That actually, that on scene, when they run out, that fire is actually out of control. It almost burnt the gym. (laughs) I love that. So that was actually, so that what you see on screen is actually an out of control fire. Um, and the other one, which I think is they always filmed it, they had to film it at night in this, um, in California. And so they had to clean out these streets. And there was all, you know, by the time they do all their, you know, peri and posts and stuff. But there's one scene where a car explodes and it blows out the windows of a shop.
1: It oh, actually no.
0: blew the windows out of that shop,
1: dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, Losner's. Don't you just really feel like watching this movie for all the Easter eggs now? That's awesome.
0: And look, that's why these movies are great—is because they're sort of in there. Now I gotta say that this is probably less of a less of a barbarian film and more of a sort of sci-fi fantasy film. But it, sure. I think it fits, and I think that. I think so. And, and that this won't be the first time um, and it won't be the last time that we talk about Dolph Lundgren because I think there is a whole episode just talking about Dolph Lundgren because it's, it's our podcast
1: and, and I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do Dolph. I, I think it won't be the last time that we talk about Mustard of the Universe Either, I think we can do some more episodes. I definitely sure. want
0: to. I definitely want to do a deeper dive into the animated series and some of the fruity um, kookiness and um, and double entendre, unintentional that is in that. Because man, that's that's some kooky shit going on in that those uh, those animated. Um series, oh, and I think most, I of, love most of the episodes you can get readily up on um, YouTube at the moment, yeah. which is really Man
1: Yeah, it's dead right, Adam. There's a He-Man official YouTube channel, and uh, you can see, I don't know if it's complete, but you can see a lot of um, complete episodes and um, mashups that go for like three hours, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I haven't watched, but I've been watching the complete episodes, and um, it starts at series one. It's actually really good. It's fun.
0: So I'm just gonna play one little bit from the movie, um, because I just I've realised I've got these clips here and I just wanna play this little bit of like just to so you can so the listeners can get just the cheese that is involved in this. And then we'll come back and uh wrap this puppy up. for you yes <laughs> I Mate, looking for you. but um look listeners and listeners that's masters of the universe the most motion picture um we'll hit us up and see what you think about it um but we're going to wrap this puppy up listeners episodes new and old can be found on spotify stitcher tuned in mixcloud and on the apple podcast app you can find us on instagram facebook and youtube just search at wastelands radio show you can find us on the interweb at wastelands.com.au and you can email us at wastelands radio show at gmail.com uh mark that's it is there anything else you would
1: like to add my dear friend it's only this time of the episode adam when i say it's good night from me and it's good night from him great punk rock street trash wastelands
0: I have the power